topic that's dear to my heart, but a topic that's also very, very important, and that's the thyroid. Can I have my slides? Can someone help me to get these slides? I'd love to have... Uh, thank you, Dr. Saha. Uh, I'm going to put up a few slides. I'd love this to be a two-way uh, discussion. Uh, a few slides only to uh, help uh, initiate the discussion. Let me just see if they can get it. This seems to be an issue. <clears throat> anyway, uh, today's topic is about the thyroid thyroid nodules, which are very, very common. They're seen in about 8 to 10% of population the world over, as well as thyroid cancer. And the reason I want to discuss this is, I basically am a head and neck surgeon. I work out of Apollo. I used to be the director at the Tata Memorial Hospital, which is India's premier cancer hospital practicing head and neck cancer there. But thyroid has been an area of particular interest to me. I'm currently also the president of the Indian Thyroid Surgeons Association. And I'll tell you why I'm telling you all this and why is thyroid a passion. Thyroid is a simple gland that sits in front of our neck. It's got two lobes and it's joined with each other by what we call the isthmus or a little bridge. The thyroid is important for our body because we have more than 14 functions that the thyroid does. It can either hyperfunction, that means secrete more hormone. It can hypofunction, that means secrete less hormone. Or it could be functioning normally but could develop a swelling. Now, by and large, Hyperfunctioning nodules and hypofunctioning nodules have nothing to do with cancer. By and large, there are few exceptions to the rule. So very often people will come saying that I have normal thyroid reports. So my thyroid is normal. Your reports will be normal, but you could still harbor a nodule that needs to be treated. So today, briefly, we are going to distinguish these thyroid nodules or thyroid swellings. And I'm going to give you all a few tips how we distinguish the good from the bad. Uh, how do I move this? Can I? Okay. So the reason this is important is more than half the cases that I operate are redo surgery. Someone has operated out either not the surgery was not indicated or the surgery was half done and then they come back to me for a second opinion. And this is basically because of the panic created by thyroid nodules and its relationship with cancer. Remember that thyroid nodules and thyroid cancer are common, but they usually indolent. And they do not kill in the vast majority. 99% of people with thyroid cancer will live their full life. Hence, there is no rush for urgent surgery. 
सो इफ अ डॉक्टर टेल्स यू कि जल्दी कराओ यू हैव अ कैंसर विथ थाइरॉइड यू कैन सिट एंड यू नीड नॉट रश फॉर सर्जरी इन द वास्ट मेजोरिटी ऑफ थाइरॉइड्स दे आर सर्टन थाइरॉइड्स सच एज एन एनाप्लास्टिक व्हिच आई डिस्कस विद यू वेयर यू मे हैव बट दोस आर जस्ट 2 3% ऑफ ऑल थाइरॉइड्स नाउ इफ इफ यू एवर हैड अ थाइरॉइड स्वेलिंग और अ थाइरॉइड प्रॉब्लम रिमेंबर the treatment and the right treatment is based on the expertise of the sonologist that is the person who does your ultrasound the cytopathologist someone when we syringe out a few cells and smear it on a slide and on the expertise of the surgeon to give you the right treatment there's a saying in our surgical parlance if god came to you in a dream and said you have to choose a cancer say you want a differentiated thyroid cancer but at the same time you have to tell god give me a good person to treat me because as i said 99% of people will live their whole life now how do we distinguish these good from the bad like i told you 4 to 8% of population have these nodules in our country it's 10 to 12% if you do sonography it could be still higher so we have to distinguish the good from the bad remember while nodules are common even thyroid cancer the incidence is increasing but there are certain cancers in our body which are of different types thyroid and prostate cancers in males are cancers where if we did an autopsy on people dying of other causes and remove their thyroid or remove their prostate there may be some cancerous cells in that therefore it teaches us that there are certain thyroid cancers that a person can live with and go through life because it's found on autopsy which was done for other causes so you don't have to treat all cancers aggressively the good cancers have minimal treatment the bad cancers have aggressive treatment and distinguishing a good from a bad is on the expertise of the doctor it's not subjective there are some objective criteria Now I'm going to tell you all a story about Korea. Korea was a country that had a very robust cancer screening program, and they started screening for five cancers: breast, lung, intestines, prostate cancer, and stomach cancer. Someone in the Korean government said, "Why don't you put an ultrasound on the neck of uh, of each Korean?" and screen for anything in the neck for just 25 dollars more and look how the incidence of thyroid cancer increased in korea and it stood at about 68 per 100000 that means of a lack of people 68 had the cancer before the screening program it was only 8 to 10 which is the average across the globe including in our country so unnecessarily doing a, a a thyroid ultrasound is not required because you may pick up cancers which are less than a centimeter one quarter of these korean patients had nodules which were less than half a centimeter and they had lot of complications when they went to have surgery 
So please unnecessarily don't put a thyroid or ultrasound probe on your neck unless advised by the doctor. And because of this overdiagnosis, 470,000 women and 90,000 men across 12 countries have been overdiagnosed with cancer, including in India as well. If you ever go for a test and you get a thyroid nodule, we don't investigate unless the size is more than a centimeter. Remember that even for neck nodes in your neck, we never get worried. All of us have neck nodes, but we never get worried if it's less than a centimeter. This is generally the ballpark figure, even for thyroid nodules. Sometimes some of y'all will go for another scan, an MRI for some other reason, a CT for another reason, a PET scan for another reason, and you might pick up a thyroid swelling, which is called an incidental loma. It's incidentally picked up among people who actually went for a scan for a different reason. You might have a road traffic accident. I saw so many thyroids in the COVID time because people used to have a CT scan of the chest. And when you take a CT scan of a chest, you start from just the lower reaches of the neck where your thyroid gland is. So we saw so many people with thyroid swellings and these are incidental omas. They're usually small, they're less than a centimeter. That's why the people don't come for a, for a checkup. It's incidentally picked up. Now remember of the investigations that we do sonography, CT and MR and the PET scan, the incidence of picking up an incidental loma is highest with the sonography. But the chances of it being malignant are the lowest. But if you look at the PET scan, the incidence of picking up is low, but the chances of malignancy are high. So don't get panicky if your CT scan shows a nodule and get worried when you've gone for some other cause. The chances that it will be malignant are 5%. The chances that it will be non-malignant are upwards of 95%. But in a PET scan, if you've done and you pick up a nodule, you should get worried. And here's a case in point of a patient who had a PET scan. You can see this light up where my arrow is. This turned out to be a malignancy. Contrast it to this person who had a CT scan, big nodule, you can see here, but the chances of malignancy uh, are not there is 95%. I'm going to stop here and just check whether there are any questions. Uh, otherwise, I can then, uh, I can then take over. Uh, uh, how do I check my questions? Is there any way that we could check the questions? Here they are. Uh, no, there are none coming. Uh, are there any questions that anybody would like to tap in the box? If you want to react with me two ways, I would be happy to do that. If not, please type your questions in. Whenever you have a thyroid swelling, there are only three tests that we do. A thyroid function test. We do an ultrasound and we stick a needle into the nodule if the ultrasound tells us that it looks like a bad nodule. You don't need fancy tests like CT, MR and PET when treating thyroid nodules.
I see patients who are referred to me with come with a bunch of all investigations, including a CT, MR and a PET. It's usually not required. Three simple tests of thyroid functional tests, a needle test and an ultrasound is what is important. The ultrasound is probably the best because it's safe, it's non-invasive, it's cheap, it's easily available. The negative thing is that it is operator dependent. So like I told you in the beginning, you must get a good pathologist, a good sonologist and a good surgeon to evaluate your thyroid nodule. Here is a patient who has had an ultrasound and look at this little red star. It's just above a little white bright spot and that's called microcalcification. Now, remember, whenever you have small calcification, small bright spots, whether it's in the thyroid or whether it's even in the breast, the smaller the calcification, the more likely that these are malignant. If you see these kind of things, we do what is known as a fine needle aspiration cytology or an FNAC. It's an investigation of choice because in more than 95% of people, it will give you the diagnosis and you can avoid surgery in 50% of people who have thyroid nodules. So what we do is take a fine needle, 24, 25 gauge, you hardly feel the prick, put it into the nodule, we pass it up and down a little bit and smear the material that we get on a slide. And our pathologists see that material and they're able to tell us whether it is good or bad. So having got these information on thyroid, we look at a triad to decide which are bad and which are good. If you look at the clinical features, nodules that come in extremes of age, Nodules that come in males, remember that ladies have five times an increased incidence of nodules compared to males. If you have a family history of thyroid cancer with a nodule, if you've had prior radiotherapy, or if on imaging or clinically we feel that the nodule has come out of the thyroid or it is spread to the lymph glands. These are indications clinically of a patient having a cancer. Sonography will tell you what are the signs. Like I told you, microcalcification. And if you put a needle into the thyroid, upwards of 90% accuracy that you'll be able to diagnose a cancer. I'm going to end with two, three slides and then open it up for interaction. When you have a larger gland, which has multiple nodules, the chances of cancer are lower than if you have a single nodule. So the incidence of cancer in a solitary nodule is more than when you have a multi-nodular goiter. So I'm going to end with this and just wait for any questions if they are, and then we can interact 
and take it forward. Otherwise, if you'll want me to speak on, I could do that as well. Any questions, please? Any medical opinions needed? It's a little difficult when you speak to an audience that's reported. Can thyroid, Pratiba has asked a very nice question about can the thyroid transplant be done? Uh, Pratiba, uh, uh, it's an interesting question because we want to transplant everything. Uh, we transplant the heart, we transplant the liver, we transplant the kidney, we've now started transplanting the lungs, we transplant the skin. But remember in all these organs, these are very, very important for life. If you don't have a heart, you can't live. If your heart is diseased, you can't live. So you want a good heart to pump and send blood. Whenever you take an organ out from anybody else's body, your body will not accept it. So we need to put that patient on immunosuppressants. So even if you someone donates a kidney for you, you need to be on some form of immunosuppressants. In thyroid, to put a patient on an immunosuppressant does not make sense because thyroid, though it has 14 functions, the hormone that it produces is freely available in the form of a tablet. It's called thyroxine, L-troxine, thyroid replacement. And those tablets are just a hundred odd rupees for a hundred tablets. So when you can give someone a tablet that does the function of thyroid, it's not wise to do a transplant and put the patient on immunosuppressives that will suppress the immunity. It's like the appendix in your body. You remove the appendix and you don't need to put back the appendix again because it doesn't have, it's a vestigial organ. Thyroid is an important organ. It's not vestigial, but the replacement is easily available in the form of a replacement, which is just a hundred odd rupees for a hundred tablets. That's why thyroid transplants have not been done. Any other questions? Somia Goel, how can you tell if you have thyroid problems? Excellent. Uh, Somia, basically thyroid problems are of three types. Either your gland hyperfunctions, that means functions more, makes more hormone. It can hypofunction, that means function less. Or it can just grow in size. It can grow in size when it hyper or hyperfunctions as well. Or it can be normal functioning and grow in size. Now, if your gland hyper or hypofunctions, there are certain constitutional changes that come in your body. A gland that secretes more hormone 
the patient is thin and lanky they lose weight their bmr their basal metabolic rate is very rapid those with the gland hypofunctions less those people put on weight and bloat people who are hyper or have more hormone are more energetic they'll be very very energetic eat a lot but not put on weight people who are hypofunction less function will put on weight be lethargic and they will not eat much people who function more will have increased stool uh, bowel frequency those that have less will have constipation in hyper functioning or more functioning the skin will be wet cold and clammy and your pulse rate will be very rapid in those that function less your pulse rate will be slower and the skin will be parchment like a doctor can put his hand on your pulse and if it's racing above a hundred bounding he'll say you're hyperthyroid more is being functioned a doctor can put his hand on your pulse and find that your pulse rate is very slow and tell you that you are hypo or less function you can also have problems because thyroid nodules and thyroid problems are more common in ladies five times compared to one in male have alteration in the menstrual cycle so those that have alteration then you must one of the tests your doctors will ask is to screen for thyroid if you are having abnormalities in the in the uh, menstrual cycle so hyperthyroid more functioning a thin bounding pulse wet clammy extremities eat a lot very energetic but don't put on weight hypofunction a slow lethargic a constipated you also have an intolerance to cold in hypofunctioning while the other people will be very hot when your thyroid functions more so these are some signs there are many other signs but i'm not going to waste time on that so you can kind of make out the difference between hypo or hyperfunctioning go to your doctor you'll get a simple thyroid function test come and then they'll be able to tell you how to treat you uh, 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 for your thyroid so as i'm talking shobhna has sent a note that what what is an overactive so overactive thyroid is hyperthyroid h y p e r hyperthyroid more hormones in your body now when you have more hormones in your body the thyroid acts on the heart so your heart rate beats more rapidly and your pulse becomes what we call a high volume a doctor can easily make that out it hyperfunctionings on your metabolism so you eat a lot but you don't put on weight you know your hyperfunctioning it hyperfunctions on the bones so sometimes you get a premature osteoporosis because thyroid mobilizes more calcium from the bones it leaches out calcium from the bone but by and by and large uh, uh, an overactive thyroid sometimes even gives you fine tremors of your hand you it's again hyper functioning so that's uh, an overactive thyroid gland uh, uh, uh someone has asked uh, oh, so an underactive thyroid gland and this is rachita has asked uh, an underactive thyroid gland is when your gland does not function or function suboptimally 
Now, many ladies as they approach midlife have something known as thyroiditis. Your thyroid gets inflamed. Itis anyway. I-T-I-S means inflammation. Now, thyroiditis in the vast majority of people is because of an autoantibody. Some sort of an antibodies your body creates to attack your thyroid. So you'll find many ladies and if you catch 10, 10 ladies in the middle age, at least two or three of them will be taking thyroid replacement hormones. So that is underactive thyroid. Underactive thyroids are usually never surgically treated. You just replace the thyroid hormones. And like I said earlier, you become lethargic, put on weight. You might lose a little your eyelashes. Uh, your pulse will be very slow. You will, you, you, you'll just not have a will to work. You will have a lot of intolerance to cold and that basically is underactive thyroid. The glands that are not under or hyper, which are normal and large in size is what we need to worry about. We operate on them when we have a doubt of cancer and we know that when we do the ultrasound and the needle test. Or if there's no cancer, the gland is really huge. You'll see people on the metro station. You'll see beggars on the street corner with a huge gland moving around. So when you have a huge gland, it can cause pressure on two important structures, your food pipe and windpipe that are related there. Or it, it, it can cause pressure going to the chest. It can make other problems. Or it is cosmetically not very good. So you will meet again people at a social party with a little gland there sitting in the neck. It doesn't look good. Everybody keeps asking them, kya hua, kya hua. So we operate sometimes for cosmetic reasons as well. Someone, Pratibha, has asked, how often do you evaluate my thyronorm dose? So here we are. We feel that a lot of people have thyroid. Remember the half-life of the thyroid hormone. Half-life means when you give any drug, half the drug washes out of your body. How quickly is known as half-life. So for antibiotics, it's short. That's why we give antibiotics every six to eight hours. But in thyroid, the half-life is 10 to 14 days. So we only give the tablet once every day on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. And whenever you change your dose, you do not evaluate the new dose at least for two to three weeks because the half-life is 10 to 14 days. So you must stabilize your thyroid hormone at least for two to three weeks before you change the dose, after you've started a new dose. So please evaluate your thyroid functions after a couple of weeks. Once you're stabilized on that dose, your thyroid functions need to be tested once every six months or a year, depending on the indication for which you're taking thyroid hormones. So I hope I'm clear, Pratibha. Uh, that is how we follow. Uh, hello, doctor. Can you give more insights on subclinical hypothyroidism? How can we manage with this is from Ashmita. Ashmita, again, hy hypothyroidism is something where the gland does not, uh, does not function to its fullest. And you manage it by replacing the thyroid hormone. Subclinical means 
you don't have the clinical signs you are not floridly overweight you are not uh, getting lethargic you don't have an intolerance to cold that is a subclinical hypothyroid it's usually picked up when we do certain blood tests and that's how we know that this patient has subclinical hypothyroidism hypothyroidism like i told you is treated with thyroid replacement it's rarely surgical so depending on the degree of hypothyroidism as we see in the blood reports we give the patient 25 micrograms 50 100 and that's titrated by the uh, by the uh, by the blood reports that will decide what dose so it's usually treated just by replacement of the hormone uh someone wants to uh, tushar wants to know what is the thyroid gland made up of so thyroid gland basically is made up of acini or cells it sits in front of your neck in the olden days if any of you all have been to paris and you've been to the louvre museum you'll see many ladies painted with large thyroid they believed it was a sign of beauty in those days they believed it was an important gland because it kept the neck warm so it was they, people knew it was important but they didn't know exactly what it is so the thyroid gland are made up of acini acini are glandular cells basically it has what's known as colloid the thyroid hormone is iodine containing that's why governments have made putting salt iodine salt mandatory sometimes breads have iodine because if you don't have a proper iodine in your diet the gland will increase and there are certain parts like in the himalayas and the sub himalayan belt because the water so deplete of uh, iodine many people there have goiters they call endemic areas their glands just increase in size if a pregnant lady has less thyroid hormone or less iodine the child in the first 3 months can be small can be what we call a cretin mentally subnormal so those of you all who are on thyroid hormone or those of you all who have been operated for thyroid any time you plan a family and you feel that you are pregnant please go to your doctor and say doctor i am taking one tablet of thyroid every day your doctor will up the dose to 1.5 1.25 depending on your body weight because in the first 3 months you do not have secretion of thyroid hormone by the baby the baby is dependent on the mother for the thyroid hormone so tushar the thyroid has these little colloid glands i mean acini and they trap iodine from your diet and the i goes into these cells and the thyroid hormone is made whenever your body needs the thyroid hormone this gland will squeeze and the thyroid hormone will come out into the blood and you will be happy without having the side effects of thyroid in addition there are blood vessels and there are various other types of cells known as c cells and uh, uh, what is the Uh, many are the hertel cells but those have different functions so basically it's these little glands that have colloid and trap iodine 
Pratibha wants to know how do you manage a good lifestyle after thyroidectomy? I guess you just have to be regular with your dose of thyroxine. Take it every morning. Thyroid hormonal replacement. Take it every morning on an empty stomach. You just need to take it once a day. As I said, the half-life is 10 to 14 days. So there's never a problem if you by chance miss one of the doses. But if you take it regularly, your health is better. Your lethargy is less. You feel up to date always. Where is your thyroid? Right here. I'm pulling down my mask. Let me take out my mask. Here is the thyroid gland. If you're very lean, so it's, it's two lobes like this. And in between your windpipe, there is a isthmus or a bridge. So that's exactly where your thyroid gland is. So if you feel what we call the Adam's apple, run your finger a little down and about a centimeter or two below is where your thyroid gland is. The isthmus is on your windpipe and the two lobes are on either side of the thyroid. It's one of the most important uh, uh, glands, endocrine glands of the body. It is often advised to eat low iodine to manage subclinical hypothyroid. So correct. Uh, is it true? The reason is uh, uh, shrink. Uh, the reason is uh, thyroid hormone is iodine containing. So if your body already has hyper, more hormone, avoid iodine. But usually... That is not important. We try to find out the cause of hyperthyroidism. Some people it is auto-generated because of antibodies in your system. In some people it's because of a big goiter that suddenly becomes autonomous. So we decide on the treatment of hyperthyroidism. Either we do surgery or we give some drugs to block the excessive secretion. Uh, to make the patient stay euthyroid and have a good quality of life. So, uh, thank you very much. I can see we've come to the end of our program. I'm going to end by telling you that thyroid is such an important topic that there's a new publication in literature once every eight hours. So, there's just plenty and plenty that we could discuss. But I've just tried to highlight that the thyroid is an important gland located in front of our neck. Usually when it functions more or less, it's not surgical. There are exceptions to that. But the normally functioning gland that enlarges needs to be addressed and it's usually addressed surgically. We do it now because of an increasing incidence of cancer. But we also do it for other reasons such as cosmeses, or pressure that it may be causing on your wind or your food pipe. Choose your doctor wisely. Most people, even if you have a thyroid cancer, will live what the good Lord destined you to live till. But please choose a good doctor who is well qualified in the treatment of thyroid malignancy. Thank you once again for giving me this opportunity to interact with you all. Thank you very much. If there are any questions, I'll be delighted to take it. If you can send it in the chat box or through our marketing team at Apollo, I'd be happy to address them individually. Thank you.